If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 32. We're going to get into the Word today. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing? Hey, it's warm up here-ish. I think it was colder in Missouri this week. For real. I wore this sweater thinking, you know what? It's going to be freezing up here, and it's not that cold, right? For you guys especially. Anybody recognize this sign right here? What is it? Greater than. Today, the title of this message is Greater Than. How about that song? He's greater than all. Amen? Greater than. Jeremiah chapter 32. Would you guys pray with me for just a moment? In fact, stretch your hand up toward me. Father, I ask you to help me share your word as I should today. Lord God, anoint me. Speak through me. Now lay your hand on your own heart. Pray for yourself. Father God, we pray for ourselves today. God, let us be good ground. Lord God, let us be receptive to your word. Let it sink in. Let it take root. Lord God, produce fruit in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah chapter 32, what's happening right here? King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, he's like the king of the world at that time. He's besieging Jerusalem. He's coming against the southern kingdom, against the kingdom of Judah. In fact, he's been at it for one whole year, building siege ramps. In fact, it's not too much further until he's going to burn that city, he's going to leave it desolate, and he's going to take everybody in the nation of Judah and transport them, men, women, children, to Babylon and replant them there. In the midst of all of this, Jeremiah the prophet has not been too popular with the king, King Zedekiah, for this reason. He prophesied all this was going to happen. Wasn't the prophecy the king wanted to hear, and so Jeremiah is put in prison. He's being held in prison in the middle of Jerusalem while all this is going in. I would say that was a bad day, right? Pretty overwhelming situation. Can you imagine with me for a minute if someone came to our nation, our capital, our state capitals, attacked, took everyone in our nation, men, women, children, into another land, a foreign land to serve as slaves? That's what was happening right here. I mean, a dire situation. And in the middle of this whole thing, God speaks to Jeremiah, I want you to go by a field in a war zone. Go by a field. And so Jeremiah does it. It was family land. He, it was a public, you know, situation. He signed it. He gave the silver somehow in the midst of being a prisoner. He was able to do this. And God tells him, take the paperwork, take the deed, put it in a jar, and keep it there. And we come down to verse 25 there in chapter 32. And Jeremiah says this to the Lord. He says, and though the city will be handed over to the Babylonians, you, sovereign Lord, say to me, buy the field with silver and have the transaction witnessed. What is Jeremiah saying right there? You know what he's saying? He's saying, uh, God, what are we doing? God, this is a war zone. God, this land is just about to be taken, and you told me to go buy a field. I did it, but what's the point? I'm not going to be able to keep the field. They're going to take all of our land. We know this is going to happen. And so he's just talking to the Lord like this. How many of you know it's good just to get real with God? That's the best way, right? Just talk to God like that. And then you come to the next two verses, 26 and 27, we have a powerful statement from God, because when you talk to God, listen, because God wants to talk back, amen? 
It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Would you say just that little phrase with me? Is anything too hard for me? You know what God is saying to Jeremiah right there? He's saying, don't you think I can fix anything? Yes, I'm going to hand Judah over to the Babylonians. Yes, the people are going to have to pay for their idolatry and their sin and their rebelliousness. Yes, it's going to happen, Jeremiah. But if you keep reading that chapter and the chapter after, here's some of the things God says. He says, but I will gather my people from where I banish them. I will never stop doing good to them. I will rebuild them. I will plant them in this land once again. I will restore their fortunes as they were before. They'll have fields. Everybody say fields, fields. They'll have flocks. I'll bring health and healing, abundant peace and security, joy and gladness. Boy, God's got some good things in store, amen? In fact, he says, I've got a righteous branch who's going to come out of the line of David, out of the line of kings. In fact, Jeremiah, don't you get it? I'm greater than this situation you're in. I'm greater than this horrible situation that you're in right now. The idolatry, the evil, the destruction, this mess that's happening. I'm greater than the enemy that's coming against this city, Jeremiah. In fact, I've got the power, God's saying, to completely turn this around. I'm greater than you can even fathom because one day that righteous branch is going to sprout out of King David's line. That righteous branch is Jesus who's coming not only to restore things physically as he says he's going to do, but restore things spiritually. Amen for all of us. Jeremiah, is anything too hard for me? Don't you know that I'm greater than all? I want to ask you today, is there anything too hard for our God? Don't we all know that he's greater than all? I want to talk about just some things that we face as just everyday people. You might want to take some notes. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures right now because how many of you know we need the word of the Lord? Amen? How about this? No ruler or king or president past, current or future or government official or senator or anything in this world is greater than God. Amen? Psalms 2 says the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather against the Lord and his anointed one. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. He is greater than any government leader. In fact, he's greater than anything that's happening in our world today. You want to talk about stuff happening. Jeremiah had some stuff happening. I mean, they're building siege ramps right outside the city walls. And today we face things in our world, whether it's earthquakes or hurricanes, whether it's racial unrest or political unrest. And listen, I, I know people that live day to day in constant fear of what's happening in the world. And they worry over it and they fret over it. How many of you know God says not for us to worry or fret, but to cast our care on him, right? But why can we do that? We can do that because God's greater than anything happening in our world. Jesus said we would have trouble. John 16, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. We're all going to face some trouble. But he said, but take heart, have courage. I have overcome the world. He is greater than. That's the stuff happening outside. What about the war happening inside? Sometimes there's just anxiety tearing us apart or depression or 
or worry, like I said. And 1 Peter 5, like I said, says, cast your anxiety on him. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, nothing. That, that literally means that there is absolutely nothing worth worrying about. But he says, instead, what? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He's saying nothing is worth worrying about, but absolutely everything is worth praying about. Because your worry isn't going to change anything. But the one who's greater than can actually move things around and change your situation for you. So if you'll just bring it to him, something can actually be done about it. No temptation you face. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. You know, sometimes the devil likes to sort of pigeonhole us and get us alone and alienated and make us feel like we're the only ones going through something, right? But that's a lie. Because it just says right there, we all go through common kinds of things. But it says God is faithful. He will not. Listen, folks. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. So when that temptation comes to you that you feel like you cannot resist, it feels like a magnet pulling you. Guess what? You can resist it. And let me tell you why. It's because Jesus went to a cross. Amen. It's because Jesus lived on this earth, the Son of God, but he did not sin. We all know that, right? He overcame sin. He overcame death, right? And because he's greater than, guess what? When you know him, he extends that to you. You become greater than. In other, are y'all hearing me today? That means you can live above every temptation of sin that comes against you. You can walk in victory. He causes you to be greater than because he's greater than. No confusion. Some of us can just live our lives like I was saying in first service, you know, it's like, Trains going all different direction in our brains, practically running into each other. It's like confusion. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. The battlefield for so many of us, maybe all of us in our lives, is our mind. And sometimes it can just be a swirl for some of us. And what it's saying right there, actually in the Greek, it's a word phineo. It means a disciplined mind, like, like a channeled mind. Like you've got these thoughts and you've got to get them channeled in the right direction and organized so you're not overwhelmed. You know, you go into maybe one of those rooms that you're throwing stuff in when people are coming over, you know, Pastor Kirsten. And there can be stuff everywhere or maybe it's like an office you know, and you walk in and there's paperwork everywhere and you're like, ah, right? Our brains can be like that sometimes. And what that verse is literally saying is open up the file drawer and start to get those files going through your mind, organized and disciplined. See, I've heard Dr. Morocco say we actually have the ability to think about ourselves thinking about ourselves. He's deep. In other words, we're the controllers of our thoughts. We're the ones who decide. And God's saying, by his spirit, because he's greater than anything, he can come and help us get the files of our mind organized so we're not living frantically. 
And sometimes there's some files that thoughts need to go in, and we put them there and close them and lock it and throw away the key because we don't need that stuff going through our heads anymore. You don't need to revisit that anymore. Don't pull it out of the file drawer anymore. Let it go. No confusion is greater. No fear. So do not fear, for I am with you, the Lord says. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Did you know the Bible says do not fear over 100 times? Fear must be something that we deal with if God's got to tell us that that many times. But God is greater than fear. No disagreement. And sometimes it's those struggles with people that just sort of keep us down in life. But Ephesians 4.32 says be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know why you can forgive someone? Because he forgave you. Amen? No lack. One of our God's name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord he provides. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God. I was talking in first service just about the fact that in the desert time, Israel's running around, you know, wandering around for 40 years. And what? God provides manna from heaven for them every single day, even when they were rebellious, even when they were disobedient, and they couldn't seem to quit complaining. Every day, food was provided. He loves us. He is our provider. And let me just say this. It isn't always about physical provision. Sometimes it's emotional provision. Sometimes it's just courage we might need. There's, 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 there's holes in our life that we can't seem to figure out the pieces that need to go together to help us function in love and freedom the way that we want to live. Who doesn't want to? I mean, we all want to live in freedom, right? And sometimes there's those things that just feels like you got shot up. Maybe somebody in life or maybe just the enemy, you know, beating down on you and you just feel shot up. And let me just say, God is the provider, if it's a friend you need, God will be your friend. For real. That's not just like some corny little Christian-y quote. God will be to you what you need. He is your provider physically, emotionally, spiritually, in our thought life, in every aspect. Amen? That's why it says in Philippians 4, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Or Psalms 37, I was young and now I'm old. Yet I've never, everybody say never, never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. I want to ask you to help me out because when it comes to lack, any kind of lack in our life, God is, help me. He's what? He's what? He's greater than. Can we say it together? One, two, three. He's What about weariness? Sometimes we're just tired. You know, you're worn out. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Sickness. Isaiah 53, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed, because when it comes to any kind of sickness or disease, he is greater than. Habits. Bad habits, Romans 8, 13, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because when it comes to any bad habit, he is greater than. No enemy 
no demonic force, no principality or power, no demonic stronghold that we have to face, no attack of the enemy, no intimidation of the enemy is greater than God today. Amen? Colossians 2.15 says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, disarmed. Disarm's a powerful word. Took their weapons away. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What is that saying? He, he made a public spectacle of them. You know, it was in those days in Rome when, when Caesar or a general would win a war or take a country or whatever like that, they would come back to Rome and they would march through the city, you know, the general or whoever would ride their horse through, whatever. It was a big parade. But at the end of all the troops, they would be dragging in, tied up, or however, the enemy's army or the enemy's king or the enemy's general. And they would go through Rome and everybody would throw stuff at them, mock them, and make a public spectacle of them. Guess what's happening right here? Paul is, is comparing what Jesus did with that. He said, Jesus took our enemy, every demonic force that can rise its head against us, every principality of power, and he marched them to, through space and time and made a public, just drug them through and said, look, it's over. Look, I won. Look, because of that, you can win. The public spectacle of them. He disarmed them. That means that anything that you face, in, even any spiritual power that comes against you, has nothing, is incomparably less than your creator and your God that you worship today. Amen? That's why it says Ephesians 1, he's far above all rule and authority. Far above power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet. And because of that, all things are under your feet. Amen? In other words, every enemy that you face. Are you guys hearing me today? That includes death. First Corinthians 15, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Even Satan, Revelation 20, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. I'm looking forward to that. Are you? And then just like I said, Romans 16, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. People, whatever you're facing today, Whatever you're facing, he is what? He is greater than. He's greater than us. You say, duh. He knew that. But sometimes we don't act like that. Because we try to hold everything up by our wit or our wisdom or our so-called powerful word. We, we try to make stuff happen instead of letting God take care of it. Are you with me today? None of y'all are guilty of that, I know. You know, there was a movie in the 90s. Anybody remember that movie, Rudy, that football movie? Rudy, Rudy. Anybody? Just me? Right. I love a quote from that movie. He's talking to the priest, and the priest says, I've come up with only two hard facts. There's a God, and I'm not him. You know, sometimes we just have to realize, I'm not God. God, I need you. I need you to take care of whatever I'm going through. 
1 John 3.20 says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. That means condemnation, fear, whatever's going inside here, striving. He is greater than and he knows everything. Remember when Sarah was in the tent and God was speaking to Abraham and he told Abraham, you're going to have a child in a year. And <laughs> Sarah laughs in the tent. And then the Lord, you know, kind of confronts that. Why did she laugh? And she's like, I didn't laugh. Who does that? God knows. So funny. We try to act like we have it all together to God, and he knows already our doubts and our fears. And what was God's response to that? Just like Jeremiah, he said, is anything too hard for the Lord. And guess what? One year later, Isaac was born. Nothing's too hard. This is God we're talking about. This is God. If I can say it like this, there's really only two categories. There's God and there's everything else. And he is greater than. And that's it. Nothing we can come up with. No problem. No situation. Everything is under his feet. That's why Colossians 1 says, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him is before all things and in him all things hold together. Or 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. He is greater than. But let me take this a step forward this morning before we finish. Are you getting a little bit encouraged this morning? Let's go back to Jeremiah's story for one minute. Why did God tell him to go by that field? In the middle of disaster, in the middle of the tough things facing him seriously, God, Spend my money on a field. Go throw it down the drain. Does God ever tell you to do something that seems a little crazy and illogical? But God sees the big picture, right? What was that all about? Why, why I got to go buy that field? And let me just propose this to you today. That was a prophetic act. You say, what are you talking about? He was having Jeremiah act out in faith what was being prophesied for the future. I mean, yes, Jeremiah, everything's falling apart. Your world's falling apart, dude. Yes, your nation's about to be overran. Yeah, there's siege works built up against your city. But like I read earlier, the Lord was saying, I am going to turn this all around eventually. It's going to take a while. It's going to be about 70 years. But Jeremiah, is anything too hard for me? No. And I'm going to turn this entire situation. That's a word for some of you today. God wants to come turn your situation around, and it seems like the walls are closing in, and it seems like things are coming against you, but God says to you today, is anything too hard for me? And so he tells Jeremiah, I'm going to turn it around, and fields are going to be bought, and fields are going to be sold, and I'm going to bless this nation once again. So, in faith that that's going to happen Go by that field. As if it's already happening. 
even in the midst of disaster. Start to live out how it's going to be when I come through for you. And listen, I feel that's a word for us today because it's one thing to sit in church and say, yeah, pastor, God's greater than, and it's another thing to live it out every day. It's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to put it into action. And he was requiring Jeremiah to put it into action, even when it seemed like everything was falling apart. And so this morning, listen to this. Even if what you're, you say, I'm not totally set free. I want God to set me free. It's not totally happening. Well, do this. Buy the field. You say, what do you mean? Step out in faith and start to live like God's already setting you free. Take a step of faith. Do an act of faith. Are you guys following me today? And it might seem like everything's caving in at the moment, but God says, step out in faith. You might say, I don't have all the finances I need, and God's promised me this and that, and I need money for certain things. Go buy the field. What do you mean, pastor? I mean, step out in faith. Start to live like God has provided. Start to give like God has provided. Take that step of faith, even in the midst. You say, that's fake. That's being fake. I've heard people say, fake it till you make it, and, and I understand what they're saying. I just don't like the word fake. So, so let's say it like this. Faith it till you make it. Faith it till you make it. And can I encourage you in something? When you start to feel discouraged, when the walls feel like they're caving in, when you're at school and you're like, man, I'm in the middle of this test. I don't know what I'm doing. I studied, but, you know, I don't know. Or you're at work and there's situations you're facing. You know what? Somewhere, just write a little greater than sign. You're sitting at your computer. Just tick, 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 tick. Your cell phone, you're going through it. Just text it to yourself. Send yourself an email. Post it on social media to tell yourself it doesn't matter. Everything is under his feet. Every situation, no matter what I'm facing, he is greater than. Amen. Help me out. I need some microphone. Hallelujah. I just felt like this morning, wow. There's a little song the Lord gave me a long time ago that we recorded ages ago. And I hadn't planned on singing it, but when I came to the church this morning, I felt like God just laid it on my heart. And as I sing it, if you say there's something that I need to know, that God is greater than today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as I sing. Because he is greater than any infirmity. He is
greater, he is greater than all of these. Minister Micah, can I get you on the drums there? Because he is greater than any broken heart, than any broken heart. He is greater than my greatest need, than my greatest need. At his powerful name, oh, bondages have to flee. what I want us to do before Pastor Kirsten comes. Whatever you're going through, I just want you to begin to make declarations right now. God, you are greater than what I'm facing. Come on, just say it aloud. In Jesus' name, God, every attack of the enemy, every sickness, every disease, every bit of emotional need or depression or lack of provision, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are greater, God. You are greater, Lord. There is none like you. And God, we shout to you today, Lord God, declaring your greatness and your goodness. You are worthy, Lord God. And we thank you for it. Oh, you are greater. You are greater, Lord. You are greater. You are greater. Pastor Chris, thank you so much. What a great word. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lord. What a great word. You may be seated this morning for just a moment. One of the great things about our church is we really are one church in many locations, and you and I get to be participants of, with God and what He is doing in Branson, Missouri. And I'm going to ask Pastor Chris if he'd just share with us what's coming up and what, what, what's going on in Branson? Tell us a little bit about our church there. God's doing good things in Branson. In addition to the church itself, as many of you know, we're attempting to establish shows that reach out to the seven or eight million visitors who come to our little city every year. We live in a city of shows, around 100 plus shows that happen nearly every day. But we want to see a show that not only proclaims the gospel, that sees people touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so actually this year we've produced four shows. And your offering today is going to help us to see that vision continue. So thank you. Amen. Come on. Uh, ushers are coming up and down the aisle. We're going to take time to plant a seed in what God is doing in Branson, Missouri. One of the great gathering places for our whole nation. Seven or eight people a year visiting there. Wouldn't it be awesome if God touches America through one of the KC shows? We can help see that happen. Just a few years ago, we had a great group of people sew costumes and make props and send it there for one of our shows. You may remember that. We get to help again today through the realm of giving. You can help Pastor Chris and 
all those that participate in those shows to declare the gospel to our nation. What an amazing thing. You can write a check out to KC or you can use your phone or use an envelope there if you'd like to. Our ushers are coming right back up here. We're going to pray for Branson. We're going to pray for these shows. Come on up here. What an awesome privilege we have today. Touch our nation. Come on, let's pray for a moment. Let's pray for those shows and for our church. Father, what an amazing thing this church called KC is, King's Cathedral and Chapels, that all over the world there are people, even right now, that are worshiping, that are part of this church. And Lord, today we can touch our whole nation by helping shows come about in Branson, Missouri. People encountering the greatest message they could ever hear while they're on vacation or on a family reunion or whatever it is that brought them to that location. And there they run into this place called KC. It's amazing. God, take our gift today. Lord, we're going to plant it. Would you produce much fruit for it? God, would you produce revival with it? With our little gift today, whole families could be saved <laughs> while they're on vacation. God, use our gift today. Help Pastor Chris with it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed me. Promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. Yet. Come on, let's stand together. Maybe you don't know the one who's greater than. Maybe you've never received him in your life. If you're watching online or maybe you're here with me in the building today and you want to know the one that's greater than, you want to see that greater than happen in your life, it starts with receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We don't ever have a time of gathering together where we don't release the opportunity, give an opportunity for people to personally know the one who's greater than the living God, the one true God. Today, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to help you. You can have a life that's greater than. If you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you're here in the building, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be something long and complicated with big words and religious phrases and things. He's a personal God, and He wants to walk with you 
every day so that every day is greater than. I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. To receive Jesus as your Lord or to renew that relationship. Maybe you used to know him and you just kind of drifted away. Let's get back there today. Get back to the one who's greater than. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? I'm going to ask all of us to pray. And those of you that are watching online, either live or maybe you're watching at a later date, I'm going to ask you to pray this right out loud. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I ask you today to come into my life. Make my life greater than. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus took my place. He paid my price. He died for my sin. And he rose again from the dead. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Not just today, but every day. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In your name I pray. And would you lift your hands for just a moment? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for this word today from Pastor Chris. God, we let it sink deep into our heart. We, today, let it, we let it affect every circumstance we face. Holy Spirit, come. May that word come alive. Producing faith and hope in our life. I thank you, God. Amen. Pastor Chris will be ministering again tonight. Pastor Vince, you're preaching Wednesday night, right? Why don't you come? Pastor Vince, would you come dismiss us in prayer? Thanks for being here today. See you tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lift up his countenance upon you. Cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen.